Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. I'm Shari Reynolds. Thank you for being here. Yesterday I received a birthday gift from a dear friend, Denise, and in the gift was a card and it's so fun to open up a pretty little box and read a a nice card from a dear friend, but I have never received a card that had instructions in it. And yet the instructions were thought provoking. In the instructions it said, think about your life of the last 50 years and reflect upon the good and the bad. So then she drew a chart, the good on the left and the bad on the right, and then a line down between the two words and plenty of blank space to fill in that field of good and the bad. And as I looked at that, there are right now straight straight out of the out of the woods the the days in my life where nope, those were definitely bad that I can't even bring myself to write it down. I can't because of heavy sadness or or even shame and discouragement, disappointment in myself or in someone else, there are definitely some standout days. But then there's the, 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 the side of the, of the good that she suggested that I fill out. And as I began to just sit there and, and think about all the things that I could write down, I began to feel overwhelmed with the good things in my life the good things that we all genuinely have, that we've been blessed with. And truly, I am grateful. I am beyond words grateful. But as I reflected upon as much as I could in the last 50 years of my life, thinking about the bad things and thinking about the good things, I can definitely say that I'm very undeserving of all the good things. And they far outweigh any of the bad moments that I've experienced in my life. They far outweigh them to the point where I feel undeserving. And I'm reflecting today upon 1 Nephi 17 when the Lord instructed Nephi to build a ship. And no, he is not necessarily going to be asking us to build a ship, but we have to build a different kind of ship. So in thinking about the last 50 years of my life and for you, however you, however old you are and where you are in your life right now, at some point in your life, the Lord has asked you to quote unquote, build a ship. And you probably felt like in those moments, how am I going to do this? There is no way I can do this. And you probably, in expressing the feeling, the prompting that you had to to achieve something that seemed insurmountable, impossible, daunting, I have a very strong feeling that somehow we were still able to build that ship. Somehow we were able to fulfill the requirement our Father in Heaven has asked of us. Maybe it was to move across country. Maybe it was to go forward with surgery. 
Maybe it was to take a huge pay cut in a job that you felt that was right, but how were you going to do it with less pay? Maybe it was, okay, now it's time to have a baby. Maybe it was finding out that you were having twins or triplets. But whatever it is that the Lord presented to you, you've done it, or you're in the process of doing it. And I know that as I look back on my life, I think, how did I do that? And as I read the story about Nephi, and I, I read how he was asked to build a ship, not having any knowledge about it, not having a clue as to where he was going to create the the tools to be able to do that. I mean, that's like I was saying in my podcast last time, that the pioneers, they did not have a convenience store to go to, to the next corner. They had to make do with the land in which they were living in, which apparently they had everything they needed. Apparently, Nephi had everything he needed. So in those moments where we feel like the Lord is requesting a lot out of me, and if he's requesting a lot out of us, I am just standing right here realizing that if he's requesting it, he will bring us to it. If he's requesting it of us, we will be provided with everything that we need in order to accomplish his purposes. Maybe we've been asked to serve a mission with our husband. Maybe maybe we've been asked to take on trials regarding our children or our own health or a financial situation or our children's lack of spirituality that disappoints us or there could be lots of things. What is the ship that the Lord is asking you to build? What is he asking you to take a look at with faith and move forward in the best way possible? I love this by when Nephi said in in 1 Nephi chapter 18, he said, Now I, Nephi, did not work the, the timbers after the manner which was learned by men, Neither did I build the ship after the manner of men, but I did build it after the manner which the Lord had shown unto me. Wherefore, it was not after the manner of men. And I, Nephi, did go into the mount oft, and I did pray oft unto the Lord. Wherefore, the Lord showed unto me great things. So, Sometimes we're asked to quote unquote build a ship and we might talk to others and say, hey, I've been asked to do this or I'm supposed to do this or I feel prompted or I feel inspired to move forward to do this. And you might get the naysayers like Laman and Lemuel. How are you going to do that? Who do you expect is going to help you to do that? Don't we have enough on our plate as it is already? Why are you feeling like we're supposed to do that? And yet you feel very, very much prompted and tugs on your heart to move forward and to do something or to take on a trial that you are not asking or haven't requested. Do we ever request trials? But there is always something that the Lord is requiring of us. And there's always going to be a Laman and Lemuel in the mix. But as Nephi said, I did not do this after the manner of men. 
So what would be the manner of men? Yep, the naysayers or the people who have good intentions and say, well, I think it's this way or I don't like that person. I don't think you should pursue that relationship with that person or you don't have the money to do that or you don't have the time to go back to school. There are a million different things that people well-intentioned even could try to discourage you from doing something that you felt right about doing. But Nephi went forward and he did it. And he didn't do it after the manner of men. He did it after the manner of his father's request. And how did he do that? He said, I went into the mountains often and I prayed unto the Lord. Wherefore, he showed me great things. So he showed him how to do it. He showed him how to build that ship. The Lord will show you how to fulfill that calling. He will show you how to take on that new occupation or a change of employment. He will show you how to do it without as much money. He will show you how to manage a large amount of money if you ask him for help. He will show you. And it is only through prayer and separating ourselves from the world that we can accomplish his purposes. So I'm reading, I was reading in the Spirit of Revelation by Elder Boyd K. Packer, who I miss so much, from October 99, and he is speaking to the youth in this particular conference. And he's talking about his brother, who was very, very heroic in World War II. He tells the story of April 16, 1943. He was a captain of a B-24 bomber returning to England after a raid in Europe. His plane, the Yardbird, was very damaged by flak and dropped out of formation. When they were alone, they came under even heavier attack from fighters. His account says of this, number three engine was smoking and the prop ran away. Number four fuel line was shot out. Right aileron cables and stabilizer cables were shot out. Rudders partially locked. Radio shot out. Extremely large holes in the right wing. Flaps shot out. Entire rear part of the fuselage filled with holes. Hydraulic system shot out. Tail turret shot out. A history of the 8th Air Force published just a few years ago gives a detailed account of this flight written by one of the crew members. So his brother continues, with one engine on fire, the other three lost power. They were going down. The alarm bell ordered that they bail out. The bombardier, the only one able to get out, parachuted into the English Channel. The pilots left their seats and made their their way toward the bomb bay to bail out. And suddenly, President Packer's brother Leon heard an engine cough and sputter. He quickly climbed back to his seat and coaxed enough power from the engines to reach the coast of England. Then the engines failed and they crashed. The landing gear was shorn off, the brow of a hill and the plane plowed through trees and crumbled. Dirt filled the fuselage. Amazingly, Though some were terribly wounded, all aboard survived. 
the bombardier was lost, but he probably saved the lives of the other nine. This is his brother, Leon, probably saved the lives of the other men in the plane. When smoke poured from the engines and a parachute appeared, the fighters stopped their attack. That was not the only time Leon had crashed, landed. He talks of another time, but this was an important thing to share with, with the youth in his talk during this time. After telling this story, President Packer, in visiting with his brother, said, how did you get through this time? He told me he was able to hold himself together under fire. He said, I have a favorite hymn. And when things got rough, I would sing quietly to myself. And there would come a faith and an assurance that kept me on course. Soon after that, President Packer, he himself went off to battle. And yes, he used that very important lesson that his brother taught to him that day during the the fighting and the turmoil that he had encountered himself. But he said, I used that very lesson throughout my life. He said, I... If I could not control my thoughts, I found a place for them to go. You can replace thoughts of temptation, anger, disappointment, or fear with better thoughts. With music, for example. He says, I love the sacred music of the church. The hymns of the restoration carry on inspiration and a protection. And he talks about how there is some music that is spiritually destructive. And he urges the young people of the church to not listen to it, plain and simply get rid of it out of your lives. He recalls his brother teaching his children, remember the flack is always the heaviest closest to the target. I don't know exactly what flack is, but I do know that when I am on target for doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, such as I've ex- I've expressed this before that when I began this podcast and sharing the gospel and my testimony on a regular basis, I realized how evil was swirling around my home and my children and the fighting increased and the, and the trials were even larger. And I just said, you know what, if this is going to continue on this way, I had the realization that it's because I'm trying to put forth a a podcast and sharing my testimony, my experiences, and my reflections of the gospel. Well, I'm going to stop just so that the turmoil will stop. And the Spirit very strongly said, no, then then the powers of Satan will carry forth. And I have carried on. I've continued this, and I've been determined to do so. And though... The trials are still there. I've been able to manage them because I have the strength of God with me. So as we reach for our own personal righteous target, we will be attacked all the more. But don't let that be what discourages us from doing what we are supposed to be doing. Elder Packer says, thoughts are talks we hold with ourselves. Do you see why the scriptures tell us to let let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly and promise us that if we do our confidence shall wax strong in the presence of God 
and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon our souls as the dews from heaven, and then the Holy Ghost shall be our constant companion. He talks about a man that does one little tiny thing in particular. Whenever a bad thought or a temptation enters his mind, he uses his thumb and brushes it up against his wedding ring, and it helps to cut the circuit. I love that. It helps to cut the circuit of that train of thought. And in where I work with these boys who are addicted to pornography, the therapists are continually finding ways and trying to stop the boys from thinking about pornography or thinking about acting out sexually. They're having them redirect their minds and in essence cut the circuit of that addiction. We can too cut the circuit. We, it might be for us to get up and, and move out of the room. It might be like Elder Packer, President Packer, he, he sings a hymn. It might be to get up and go turn the light on, turn off the TV, rub your thumb up against your wedding ring. What is it that you can do to cut the circuit so that the threat of evil can be halted? It might be raising your arm to the square and demanding that Satan cease and leave at once. With all the work I do in all the prayer and all the scriptures and all the conference talks and my many podcasts, I have terrible swirlings of thoughts that enter into my brain, probably from my childhood experiences of pornography. And I just look up to heaven and I say, Heavenly Father, am I not doing enough? Get Satan out of my midst. And that's how I cut my circuit. We have the power to do that. I shared this with you the, the last time, last podcast. What we love determines what we seek. What we seek determines what we think and do. What we think and do determines what we become. And that's by Elder Uchtdorf. So the question of the day in Book of Mormon 365, how can you build your life just like Nephi built the ship? Not after the manner of men, but after the manner which the Lord has shown unto you. What do you need to fulfill the purposes that you've been set out to do, the requirements, the qualifications that we need to return back to Him? What is the task at hand today? What is the thing that you feel is insurmountable, too overwhelming, too great of grief, too much? You ask, not in Heavenly Father's eyes. He asked Nephi, after all, to build a ship. And one of the first ways we can do that is to ward off all temptation, all negativity, all bad thoughts in our minds and cut that circuit and rewire our brain to focus solely on our Father in Heaven who will guide us and help us one day climb into that ship. And we can look back and say, how did I do this? There's only one way. It is with the, heaven, with the help of our Father in Heaven. I have no doubt that I have not been able to get through this life with myself 
in my own two hands and my tiny little brain, I have only been able to get through this life with my Father in heaven. In closing, Elder Packer says this, all the water in the world, however hard it tried, could never sink the smallest ship unless it gets inside. And all the evil in the world, the blackest kind of sin, can never hurt you in the least bit unless you let it in. Cut that circuit, trust in God, and build that ship. Have a fantastic day, and I hope to see you next time on this podcast called Coach in Chaos.